Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, what's happening, y'all? This is Jazz Sawyer, and I'm inviting you to join me and the Experience Collective on the Lewis Sawyer Experience, Tuesdays from 5 to 6 a.m., only on KPFA 94.1 FM. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover Open Book. Antonio Ortiz and welcome to Open Book. Today we will hear the voice of Dr. Helen Fisher, research professor of anthropology at Rutgers University and scientific advisor to chemistry.com. She recently wrote the book Why Him, Why Her? Finding Real Love by Understanding Your Personality Type. And I met up with Dr. Fisher at a chemistry.com sponsored event in San Francisco this past February to hear more about the four personality types in her book and why they are so important in finding love. Also in today's show, I talked to my friend Rose about her experiences with love and meeting that special someone online. Stay tuned. Rose, have you ever been in love? I've been in love. I've been in love lots of times. Can you tell me what the feeling is like when you're in love? Okay. Like, what do you mean by in love? You mean like love, love, love or like loving things? Not a familial love or not a friendship love, but in love, 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 you know, with the with another person that you want to spend the rest of your life with that kind mm-hmm. of love. Right. Okay. Like love, love, love. It can be crazy. And some people think that love, love, love is always a positive thing and that you make the other person feel good all the time and you guys both support each other and it's like this awesome like relationship compatibility love. But I don't think so. I think like love, love, love actually has this like crazy element to it that almost borders on being able to hate the person. Like if you love, love, love the person, you could potentially hate them. Mm Mm-hmm. So have you been in love, love, love with anyone? <laughs> I have. Okay. Um, and I don't talk to her anymore. <laughs> no. So how was? How did you feel about that? I mean, how did you know that you were in love, love, love? Because you hated them toward the end? or mm, No, I think because I wanted to tell my parents about them. So this was a relationship with a girl. It was a girl I met online. And I guess we went out, you know, we started seeing each other spend a lot of time together in the evenings and then eventually it came to the point where I was just like I want to tell my mom I'm in love with a girl um so I told my mom and she was like okay um that's fine just don't tell anyone like don't admit that you're gay basically Mm -hmm. and I was like no mom I love her and um (laughs) and then the relationship 
went sour? Well, it took a long time for it to go sour. It was pretty awesome for like two years. Okay. But, you know, I think I just love this person too much. Past the point of it being a realistically supportive relationship. Well, people call me an expert um, in love or in understanding of love because I've been writing um, books on it for 30 years. I've written five books on different aspects of romantic love and attachment and the sex drive. I think we've evolved three distinctly different brain systems for mating and reproduction. The sex drive, romantic love, and deep feelings of attachment. And so my first book was Why We Bother to Pair Up. Uh, 97% of mammals do not pair up to rear their young human beings do. Then I looked um, at divorce in 58 societies. Uh, through the demographic yearbooks of the United Nations and adultery at 42 cult- in 42 cultures. I've looked at the gender differences in the brain and the impact of women on 21st century life. And in um, the book right before this one, I, I talked about my research in putting people who are madly in love into a brain scanner. So I and my colleagues are the first people really in the world to... We've sw- studied 49 people who were madly in love and begun to map some of the brain circuitry of it. So in my fifth book, I wanted to know who lights up this brain circuit why do you fall in love with one person rather than another and i think that people i mean you you know you ask you know what uh why people would regard me as an expert i'm not a psychologist i'm a biological anthropologist i study human evolution i study the evolution of um sexual and social behavior i study the brain i study other mammals i study patterns in nature so it's a very broad perspective of love I'm Dr. Helen Fisher. I'm a biological anthropologist at Rutgers University and chief scientific advisor for chemistry.com, the, a division of mesh.com. And my most recent book is Why Him, Why Her? I think that um, the more we can know about love, the, the fewer frogs we can kiss <laughs> after kiss. And psychologists divide personality into two basic parts of personality. One is your character, which is everything you grew up to be and think and learn. And the second is your temperament, which is all of the traits that come out of your biology. And half of this puzzle seems to be somewhat known. I mean, we are drawn to somebody of the same socioeconomic background, same ethnic group, etc. We know a good deal about the sociological and psychological forces that pull you to one person. But nobody's really ever looked at the biological forces. Now, other scientists have looked at um, what they call the MHC compatibility. We now know that women tend to gravitate to men who have different uh, aspects of the immune system, and they do it by smell. Other people are looking into pheromones uh, to see whether that plays a role. So we know that kissing has quite a profound effect because there's testosterone in saliva and um, other ingredients. That So there's all kinds of chemical reasons that we're drawn to people as well as psychological and social reasons. And I'm trying to fill out that part of the puzzle. Do you feel anything when you're in love with someone? How does it feel to you? Depends on what kind of love it is. So if it's this like great relationship supportive type love, then it's just like you sort of have a little bit of like confidence in the background of everything you do. Like, you know, if something goes wrong, you can go tell somebody about it and they'll identify with you and give you good advice and that sort of thing. Um, the feeling with the crazy love, love, love is more like a drug and that gets you high. That gets you high? Yeah. And what does a high feel like? Um, like you're willing to take risks that normally you would not take. In my most recent book, Why Him, Why Her, I want to know 
about that chemistry. People will say, you know, we had chemistry or we didn't have chemistry. And psychologists know there's all kinds of psychological and sociological reasons that you fall in love with one person rather than another. And they're all good. I mean, we tend to fall in love with somebody from our same socioeconomic background, same general level of intelligence, same general level of good looks, same religious values. Uh, uh, we fall for somebody who can give us the lifestyle that we need. Your childhood plays a role. But we do also have chemistry with some people. So I began to think that perhaps we had evolved uh, chemical draws to each other. So I looked at a lot of brain chemistry, a lot of genetics, a lot of neurotransmitters, and I've come to believe that we've evolved four very broad personality styles associated with four very broad chemical systems in the brain, dopamine, serotonin, testosterone, and estrogen. And people who are very expressive of dopamine, primarily, I call the explorer, they tend to be curious, creative, optimistic, energetic, risk-taking, novelty-seeking, spontaneous. People who are very expressive of serotonin, I call the builder. They tend to be traditional, conventional, calm, social, popular, cautious but not fearful, managerial, they're very good at managing people, networkers, uh, they know everybody, conscientious, loyal, protective, like to follow rules and regulations. They're the pillars of society. The third type is what I would call the director, people who are expressive of testosterone, this is women as well as men. And they tend to be analytical, logical, tough-minded, direct, decisive, very good at um, math and engineering or, or computers or mechanics or spatial skills like piloting a plane. They are um, very self-contained, competitive. Uh, the fourth type is what I call the negotiator. They're expressive of estrogen and oxytocin. They see the big picture. I think Bill Clinton's a good example of a high estrogen man. They are intuitive. They're imaginative. They've got very good uh, linguistic skills. Bill Clinton's autobiography was 900 and something pages. They've got very good people skills. They're compassionate, uh, nurturing, often very idealistic, and very emotionally expressive. So I designed a questionnaire to see to what degree you express all four of these brain systems. And um, then on chemistry.com, 7 million people have taken my questionnaire in 39 countries. But uh, I studied a population of 40,000 people to develop these personality styles and then among 28,000 people I watched who was drawn to whom and as it turns out nature has some patterns or we didn't have chemistry. I studied the brain. I put uh, 49 people who were madly in love into a brain scanner, studied the brain circuitry of rheumatic love, and I began to look into the brain to see if basic body chemistry draws you naturally to some people rather than another. And um, there's a lot of chemicals in the brain that do a lot of things like keep the eyes blinking or the heart pounding. But... Uh, there's four chemical systems that code for personality style. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the four personality types and then what I found. Uh, Seven million people have now taken my questionnaire in 39 countries and 
And nature has some patterns. Uh, you know, it's not just our whims that draws you to one person rather than another. So the four types I call the explorer, the builder, the director, and the negotiator. Had I read my Plato at the time, I would have uh, called him something else. Uh, uh, Hippocrates uh, had the four humors. Plato talked about four types. Aristotle did. Carl Jung did. Myers Briggs did. What I've really done is understood the biology of all of that. So, anyway, I looked at 28,000 people to see who was drawn to whom. Explorers go for explorers. The traditional goes for traditional. If you're loyal and conscientious and family oriented, you want someone like yourself. High testosterone goes for the high estrogen, and high estrogen goes for the high testosterone. Perfect example, I think, is Bill Clinton going for Hillary Clinton, who was, I think, very high testosterone. I think the reverse is somebody like uh, Sully Sullenberger, a uh, very high testosterone man, going for Lori, who's a very high estrogen woman. So, anyway, I'll just uh, close by saying. Um, each of these types, I think, looks for intimacy differently. I think they court differently. I did a study of 178,000 people. They use words differently. Their facial expressions are different. And they make different kinds of marriages. And so the point is I'm trying to add that biological component to romantic love. People ask me whether what I know about love uh, has changed it for me. Not at all. Uh, you can know every ingredient in a piece of chocolate cake and uh, still eat the cake and feel that joy in the same way you can feel that same way about love. So there will always be magic to love, but go with your heart and good luck. Oh, I can tell you right now you're an explorer. I think so, but I should have... I should have looked on the thing before. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, so this wristband will identify you as an explorer, and I'd encourage you to get to know other explorers tonight that have a wristband just like you. Sorry, that's sticking your wristband. Okay, great. Good luck. Thank you. Yeah. Hi, I'm Deborah. I'm here because I'm an explorer, and I love adventure. And I just joined chemistry and wanted to find out uh, what this was all about with the site. And I'm really enthusiastic about meeting someone very dedicated and committed. So I thought this would be a great opportunity. Yeah, my name's Glenn. I found out about the event from uh, chemistry.com. Came over here to uh, meet some potential single women, and, uh, and it's been great. A lot of gorgeous women. As far as chemistry.com, when I took the test, which was really interesting that actually it was accurate for the personality type that it came up with after I answered all the questions, it was pretty amazing. And the fact that they say you should go out and find people that are similar, you know, chemistry. And it's, when I reflect on the past relationships, it's actually those are the type of people that I've been more compatible with. I'm Irvin. I'm here today because I only recently learned about Dr. Fisher, and I heard her talk on a site called TED and some other things she said and I found her ideas really interesting about you know who people are really attracted to and especially they seemed a little more scientific than a lot of the pop psychology so I'm interested both to learn what I can from her about doing a better job of meeting people and just out of my own intellectual curiosity I find her theories and how she studied them interesting so here to see what I can learn from her see whom I might meet Hi, I'm Joe, and I'm here to hear Helen talk about uh, personalities. It's endlessly fascinating to know about how people's heads work. I'm really excited because she seems to have 
a chemical explanation rather than something mystical or something uh, philosophical. I think those things matter too, but I really think that biology counts. I'm an explorer with a negotiator, and um, I totally agree with uh, the assessment. And uh, as I've been meeting people through chemistry, I find that similar types work best for me. Well, I'm Linda, and I'm just here to meet new people and meet some of the people I might see online actually in person, which is hard to do in San Francisco. I've been in work situations where we did personality testing, and I kind of saw what my boss was and saw what I was. And you can see how it worked in the fundamental relationship, so I think there's really a lot to it, so it's a good way to uh, make dating less random. Start out a little better. <laughs> Nobody can fit into just one of four categories. We're talking about basic brain systems. We all have all of these brain systems and many more. The issue is to what degree do these brain systems express themselves. So in an academic setting, I would not even use the word types. I would use the word scales. And we measure to some degree on each scale. But some people are much more curious than others. They're born curious. They're curious all their lives more than others. Some people are more stubborn. Some people are more agreeable. Some people are more aggressive. Some people want to follow the rules. Some people don't follow the rules. As a matter of fact, I had woman, one woman say to me, she said, oh, yeah, she says, I, t I take street signs as suggestions. <laughs> and, I mean, we, we all know this. Uh, I have an identical twin. We're not, a, not exactly alike by any means. She's a hot air balloon pilot. I write dangerous books on dangerous subjects, so we can both tolerate risk. But we do very different things with our lives. In fact, I think that the more you know about biology, the more we come to know in science and in the real world about biology, the more we're going to appreciate the profound role that our culture plays on us. I mean, we have evolved an enormous cerebral cortex with which we make decisions. But we inherit a different deck of cards. I mean, some people are more prone to be a gambler or more prone to be addicted. Some people are better at math. Some people are better linguistically. And so we're born with some skills and some detriments. And, and with our brain, we, we do our best. Uh, but uh, we're not a product of our... We're not a puppet on a string of DNA. There's much more to mate choice than just your biology. But I'm trying to add a very important component of it. People ask me what my own personality type is. I actually am almost a cookie-cutter uh, variety. There's some people who are, who are quite um, even on several of the types. I'm not. I am overwhelmingly an explorer and a negotiator. I am overwhelmingly expressive of dopamine and, uh, and estrogen and oxytocin. And sometimes when I take my own test, which I've taken dozens of times, I come out uh, higher on the explorer scale and other times higher on the negotiator scale. So, And by the way, we can act out of character. It's just tiring. But I don't have many uh, much of the director in me. I, I, I'm not tough-minded. Uh, uh, I'm not generally direct and decisive, but uh, I'm analytical. But, I mean, rule-based systems, no way. I, I'm, I'm terrible at math. I couldn't possibly fix my computer, nor set it up. You know, I can find my car in a parking lot, but uh, I'm quite dramatically the explorer and the negotiator. I'm Sharon, and I came out to meet Dr. Fisher. I used the chemistry site and was interested to, to see her in person. It's just interesting to see how human nature and behavior exhibits itself in, in the dating world. And when I was first dating in my 20s, it was very different 
you met people either through a friend or somewhere at, a, at an event, there wasn't the internet. So you didn't have this one-dimensional game playing that happened. You had other kinds of games. And so now, when it's 20 years later, it's very different. It's, again, like I said, the one dimension, I don't like the one dimension part of it at all. And so I will push for either at least a phone conversation, which puts a second dimension to it, or an in-person meet at a Starbucks or say hello. And um, when you were communicating online, did you already have an inkling that you like this person, or did you have to meet them in person to know that there was potentially more to this relationship? I had to meet them in person to know that there was potentially more to the relationship than just a passing email and faux date. Mm -hmm. Ooh, have you ever gotten in line just to get it on? Have you ever gone no. online looking for somebody? I don't really go online. I don't. For some reason, I don't trust it. And I don't like. Myth. Not even. I mean, just to meet people. I, there's something about online dating or meeting people online that mm, it just makes me uncomfortable. And I don't. I don't trust it. I just don't trust. I feel that I don't know people, and not having the, you know, visual cues and just my gut instinct really is based on what I what I see and how I feel this person is acting toward me if I feel they're genuine or not and I don't get that through you know the personal ads or I don't get that through just email um so I, I don't trust it I mean I've done it before it's it's just weird for me what are the advantages and disadvantages of online dating in your opinion well my mom is actually dating online right now which is it's sort of like cute and funny to watch because she's about 50 years old, was in a relationship with my dad for maybe 30 years and then got a divorce and has been sort of like on her own for the last few years and just starting to meet people online. And English is her second language too. So she gets online and she's like typing to these men out there and like there are lots of typos and like cute misspellings and stuff. I think if these people were to meet her in person, they would all be like, oh my God, hot lady. But with all the typos and things like that, <laughs> um, and not really being able to express herself fully in English, mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of people hit delete oh, who see. would not do that in person. You know, like her um, options online are significantly narrowed. Oh, I see. I see. And uh, for yourself, what was the online dating experience? Was it more positive or negative? It's always been really positive because my strategy is to go online. Um, be really open to whoever I come across, meet them in person, and expect to make a friend. Oh, okay. And then everything else just happens by accident, and that's how I'd like it. I think um, some of the real positives are uh, you have the advantage of meeting people very rapidly without spending a whole lot of money and time at it. You don't have to stand in a bar. You don't have to stand in the middle of the street and flap your dress up and down. You, you are, you know, provided with any number of people as long as you do a little of the work. At chemistry.com, they give you five uh, matches a day, so you don't even have to do the shopping yourself. 
And I think there's tremendous advantages of that in a society where we're all workaholics. We've got very little time. These days we're stretched for money. We've gone through what we know about our friends and relatives. They can't help. And so it's just a, it's a very positive way to do something. What I think is also really good about it is that you know some things about the person before you meet them. You know, when you just walk into a bar, you don't know anything about those people. And that's not natural. It's act- Online dating is actually more natural than walking into a bar because for millions of years, you know, we... Our ancestors met at water holes, and uh, I might not know that cute boy on the other side of the water hole, or girl, whatever, but my father knows his brother, and my uncle knows his niece, and I know what his religion is. I know what he's going to be when he grows up. I know some things about him, and indeed, with online dating, you do get some very important knowledge about a person before you go out with them. And going out is hardly an expenditure of time and energy. It's 20 minutes in a coffee house. So the disadvantages are that uh, people um, tend to stay online too long. You know, they call it love at first sight. They don't call it love at first email. And you learn so much more when you actually meet somebody. So we really shouldn't call it online dating. We should call it online meeting and then go out on, on that person. Get out there and look at the person. I mean, I wish I was a little bit more profound. I mean, everybody knows this, but they don't do it. The downsides, I think, are also that um, you can get rejected a lot. What's interesting is there's, study of, there's studies of rejection online, and if you haven't invested very much in it, the rejection really doesn't hurt. So if you get out there fast and do not invest a lot of time in doing the email, the faster you get out there, the sooner that your brain will click on or off, and you can either go on one way or another. How did you get over? I mean, how did you get over that, or did you ever feel that way about online dating? I've never been turned off by it, no. But my most recent online dating experience was a negative one, actually, where mm-hmm. I um, answered some guy's ad off Craigslist, and he said that he had tickets to this. Uh, concert I wanted to go to. So I really wanted to see this artist perform and I was like, yeah, great, you know, I'll get to meet a new person. And then I get there and the guy looks me up and down. I can like see this happen in his mind where he's like, we're not going to have sex. And that was like it for him. Mm-hmm. And he actually ditched me halfway through the concert. Oh, sucks. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I mean, sometimes you shouldn't trust people, but you shouldn't trust people you meet through your friends either right or is that better i don't know i, I assume it's better because they've been already been filtered out by your friends i mean if your friends like them they have to be at least whatever you're you spoiled know, some of us need the internet <laughs> <laughs> we weren't built to be happy we were built to reproduce well when you take a look at the brain i mean don't forget what darwin said darwin said if you have four children and i have no children you live on and i die out i mean that's a paraphrase he didn't actually say it but that's the truth and so the human brain is basically built to have children now that's not what we consciously do but the point is a million years ago if you whatever you did if you had a lot of children your children lived on and passed on whatever you did so by simply diff- what they call differential reproduction, some people had more children and their characteristics were passed on. And this way, the brain was built in a certain way. And the brain was built to fall in love. It was built to form deep attachments. It was built to have a high sex drive. Three brain systems. But they're not always connected. You can lie in bed and feel deep attachment for one person, 
while you feel intense romantic love for somebody else, while you feel the sex drive for as you're driving along in your car and just have a thought. So it puts us, gets us in trouble. And in fact, in, we tend to be restless in long relationships, some personality types more so than others, I think. I think we've evolved what I call a dual reproductive strategy, a tremendous drive to fall in love and pair up, rear our children as a team, and also a restlessness in long relationships, a tendency to be adulterous, a tendency to divorce, and a tendency to remarry. Is that happiness? That's confusion. But it's uh, good for, for bearing babies, because you're having two babies with one partner and slip over the hill a million years ago and have two babies with somebody else, you're going to double the amount of genes you spread into tomorrow. So. I mean, it, it causes some social chaos. I mean, around the world, there's homicide, suicide, clinical depression, stalking. I mean, there's a lot of problems with love. But the bottom line is some of those problems are because we're built to take advantage of reproductive opportunities. So what's really important to me is we, we, we need to take the responsibility of finding happiness for ourselves. We can control ourselves. It's just that we've got to do it. I think the most important moment I had with the book was when a friend of mine called me up and um, he just read the book and he, I was waiting for what he would say and there was a long pause and then he said, I finally understand my son. So I think that you can use this understanding of self and others way past uh, courtship and, and marriage. But it's a book designed for understanding who you are and understanding. I mean, these personality types do regard intimacy differently. They do... They're looking for different kinds of things in a mate. Now, we're all a combination of all of them, but, uh, and that makes us all each individuals. But nevertheless, the more you understand about who your partner is, the more easily you can reach them on, on their level. If you would like more information about Dr. Helen Fisher and her new book, Why Him, Why Her, check her out online at chemistry.com backslash dr dot Helen Fisher. That is chemistry.com backslash doctor dot Helen Fisher. Thanks for joining me on Open Book today. I am Antonio Ortiz and have a great weekend. Racism starts there. Starts where where you you 